Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing an article that first appeared in the February issue of the Nebraska Cattlemen Magazine titled, Consider Price Insurance for Your 2022 Calf Crop. This article also appears in the March issue of the Beef Watch newsletter. To discuss this article, I'm joined today by one of the co-authors, Dr. Jay Parsons, who's a farm and ranch management specialist in the Department of Ag Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Aaron. Well, as we have this conversation today, we're actually sitting here on March 1st, and the markets are experiencing tremendous volatility based on Russia's uh, invasion of the Ukraine. That incidence is obviously driving market prices, and we're seeing a lot of fluctuation and change. But in looking at this article and thinking about the content, you really focus on helping producers think through utilizing risk management tools to help them think about mitigating some of the black swan events that we're actually seeing right now. Share with us more about the content of the article, livestock risk protection insurance, and why you think that might be a tool that cow-calf producers should consider. Yeah, well, um, there's a lot to consider, and in, in, in particular, the uh, livestock risk protection insurance, or LRP as we'll call it, has been around for some time, and in uh, the last three years, they've made a, a lot of changes to that product to just make it more uh, desirable uh, and easier for producers to use. And, and I discussed some of those in the article, in particular in the ta- context of pe- people ensuring yet-to-be-born calves, which is one of the features that they just added to it. And um, and uh, so that's certainly something to consider, you know, whereas before you had to wait till the calves were born and, uh, you know, by the time you got them on the ground and, and started looking at the product, maybe a lot of the volatility had gone away or, or whatnot and uh, opportunities weren't quite there to price into it. But, but now a producer knowing roughly what their calf crop is going to be in terms of numbers can go in and, and take out insurance ahead of time. And uh, at the time I wrote the article back then, you were looking in the Buck 90 range for um, 50-50 mix steers and heifers, uh, which is what the uh, unborn calf product would have been uh, is, is priced at is basically a 50-50 mix on it. So that, that was pretty appealing at the time and, uh, and certainly could have been used to uh, lock in a pretty good floor on the national marketplace there. One of the things that in my mind really has changed this LRP in terms of making it more attractive is the subsidy level. Uh, three, four years ago, I think we were looking at a 12% subsidy. Now the minimum subsidy is 35% if you insure at the 95 to 100% level, 40 at the 90, 95, and it just goes up from there. This is in my mind a game changer as we look at LRP from my perspective in terms of making it more affordable. Yeah, and uh, you know, it was 13% uh, to be exact, and it stayed at that for 15 plus years. I mean, they didn't budget at all, and then uh, people started asking questions about three years ago, three or four years ago. You know, how can we get more producers to participate in that? And of course, everybody pointed at that, uh, you know, right out of the gate because we see crop insurance subsidy subsidized up in that 50% range. So so they started off with small adjustments. I think the first adjustment uh, made the range from 20 to 35, and then it went up to 25 to 35. And now, like you said, the minimum is 35%, and it goes as high as 55%, although we don't, that would be if you were only insuring 70 to 80% of price, and we don't often see 
um, those prices offered. But uh, the other thing of note there, Aaron, is, is that uh, new and beginning producers qualify for an additional 10% subsidy. And so if you're a young producer just getting into the cow-calf business and, or cattle business in general and are looking at this product and you have less than 10 years of experience, you know, following Schedule F, you can add another 10% subsidy to that. So that, that can make it pretty darn affordable. And, and in fact, our numbers show that it's more affordable than uh, doing a put option on the Board of Trade. And I know you've mentioned we've had conversations on this too about um, uh, moving the the uh, premium due date to the end of the period, and that's another big game changer, especially for a young producer. You know that doesn't have a lot of cash lying around. Um, they can put the coverage in place, and then at the end of the uh, uh, coverage period, they've either sold their calves and cashed in on some good prices and have money available to pay the premium, or at that point, if if prices have worked against them, um, they have some. Uh, indemnity payments to offset some of that premium. So so both of those are big factors in terms of making this a much more usable product. Jay, in the article, you give a couple examples of last year and the year before in terms of how would this product have worked. Walk through us a little bit, some of the strategy you thought about and looking at those examples and how might a producer look at that and think about how might this apply to me? Yeah, well, one of the things you mentioned Black Swan when we first started on, and of course, you know, we had We've experienced COVID uh, over the last couple of years, and we've had different things happen there. And of course, we had drought scenarios and price run-ups and price down and now the Ukraine thing. So you never know when, uh, you know, the bottom's going to fall out to some degree. And that's really where, when I look at this product, and this is regardless of the recent changes to it, but when you just look at it over the years, if you consistently engage in using this product, there's some, some time along the way, it's, it's going to pay off big time because you're, you're just going to capture $10, $15 a hundred weight at some point when things work against you. So that's one of the strategies is committing to at least strongly considering it each year and making it a part of your regular marketing plan um, activities. And then also there's strategies in terms of what level you insure at. And just to be completely honest, most people do insure at the highest level because they, they think of it as, as locking in a price and wanting to get the best price they can and so on. But there's also a strategy uh, that people uh, might want to consider, which would be looking at the cheaper coverage at a lower price just to insure against a black swan event. And of course, you know, in that case, you, you think that uh, you know, prices are probably going to stay roughly where they're at, maybe move to the upside, and you want to participate in that upside at a low cost. But just in case there is a big, big uh, issue that comes into play that, uh, you know, the bottom falls out of it, that you have some, some floor in there to at least cover your cost of production and, and carry you forward from a cash flow standpoint. And so you mentioned the, the subsidy breaks there, uh, 95 to 100% is one break, 90 to 95%, 85 to 90%. You know, so those 5% increments in terms of the subsidies going up. And that, that's another thing to consider if I drop below 95% and say insure 94.7%. Uh, you get another 5% of your premium covered by a subsidy there. So sometimes that makes sense uh, in terms of uh, going to the lower rates, but but maybe not going all the way down to 92% or something like that, that, that you got to be conscious of those uh, breaks where the subsidy levels change. As we look at insurance, I think sometimes, and we've talked about this many times, Jay, we think about insurance and we're almost disappointed if we don't use it. <laughs> that's That's not the point of the insurance. The point of the insurance is to protect against a loss. And you know, I think for me, as I, I look at these insurance tools, you know, you might look at this and say, well, I don't know that over the long term, I'm going to make a lot more money using insurance. But what it does, especially if you're a producer who's using borrowed money, it really protects you from some of those steep drops. So overall, if you had super deep pockets and you could weather the price variability, 
uh, maybe the tool doesn't fit you. But if you're in a situation where you're leveraged or you're using some borrowed money, having that protection really, I think, helps you know you can weather some hard times and get through it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, um, in, in general, I would say, you know, the, the cheapest insurance is self-insurance, which is what you alluded to, which is basically having uh, the financial wherewithal to withstand those those shocks. And I would definitely say that, you know, back when we had a 13% subsidy on, on LRP, that is probably better off to, you know, build yourself a cushion and come up with some strategies to self-absorb those those tools or those uh, issues in the marketplace once in a while, right? Because there's other other ways that you can uh, control risk besides doing an insurance product, certainly with savvy marketing and locking in some contracts and stuff. But with these high subsidy levels, uh, you know, it really makes it more affordable. And um, as we've talked about, uh, you know, when it when things go south and you have something like this that pays off, you're very grateful for it. Uh, but you certainly don't want to be collecting insurance year in and year out. That that means things are moving in the wrong direction for you overall, and it's probably not good for your business. So, so the nice thing about LRP in in particular, as opposed to just perhaps locking in a contract price, is is that you do. Uh, have the ability to participate in the upside when prices go up. You know your max that you're going to end up having to pay in for this protection is that premium, the producer premium level. And then, like like we said, it, you know when it does pay off because markets drop, it, it generally is going to pay for itself for two or three years, uh, just with that one uh, one event. Jay, if producers aren't familiar with livestock risk protection insurance and would like to go find a resource to help them get more educated, what would you recommend? Well, we have a lot of material up on our website on uh, Center for Ag Profitability website, and then a lot of it also is listed on the beef website. So the ag profitability one is just cap, cap.unl.edu, and of course the beef one is just beef.unl.edu. So there's a lot of material up there. Uh, RMA website has um, the uh, prices and, and premiums posted for the last five years, including what's currently available. So that's rma.usda.gov, and you go up and look under under tools, and you'll find the livestock policies will be one of one of the uh, links that pops up. And then, of course, there's always a good uh, um, opportunity to talk to your local insurance agent. And um, you know, livestock insurance is is uh, sold by crop insurance agents, although not all crop insurance agents are licensed to sell livestock insurance. Uh, but with this new um, premium levels and a lot more interest in buying this, we're seeing a lot more people get them themselves, getting themselves certified to uh, sell livestock insurance. So odds are pretty good that you can find somebody in your local community or, or at least within an easy driving distance uh, to sit down and talk to about it or visit with them over the phone. Thanks again for your time today, Jay. Thanks a lot, Aaron. For more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you can find this article. Again, the title of the article, Consider Price Insurance for Your 2022 Calf Crop.